All right, good morning. How's everybody this morning? You know, there's, uh, there's actually a lot of things that we can be thankful for. And uh, chief among them is just living in this country, just being where we are. You know, having just come from, from India, which is, I mean, wonderful in so many ways, uh, if you like curry. Honestly, such a blessing to be, to be living here. And, uh, and so we want to be thankful today. And actually, Jackie, why don't you come up and share your testimony right now? Jackie has this great testimony she shared with us on Wednesday. And, uh, and I'll let her share it. I won't spoil the details. But open up your heart here because, you know, part of when we, the reason we share testimonies, it says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, that overcoming the enemy uh, takes faith. And sometimes, you know, faith is communicated when you hear what God has done in the life of somebody else because it means he is equally, at least equally, prepared to do that in your life. I totally believe that. <laughs> um the house I bought about five years ago, uh, the, the roof began to become more and more dilapidated over the last five years. And this last year, every time the wind blew, I had shingles in my yard. And the, the roof was literally sliding off. <laughs> the shingles were sliding off my roof. And, uh, and I, I was stressful about it for a while. And then I said, no, I, I just have to let this go. I, I just have to leave it with you, Lord. I need a new roof, so I'll just leave that with you. And uh, the, the strange way it came about, my bank account got hacked. Somebody hacked my phone and in turn hacked my bank account. Uh, they hijacked my, my SIM card for my phone and then uh, through, through, the inter- through computers. And uh, the interesting thing, it, it came from Russia. From Russia. They didn't even have to be in this country to rob the banks here. Um, and uh, so they froze my accounts and it, in order to investigate this fraud that was committed. And uh, I just said, well, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for the good you're going to bring out of this. And I felt the presence of God when I said that. And uh, through the investigation, they, they paid the insurance company from the bank, covered everything. All the, they stole $20,000. Uh, they opened up bank accounts. Stole 4000 from each one. They were able to do this all online. I don't know how, because the money was not in these bank accounts, but they just negative 4000 negative 4000 They opened up four bank accounts and then stole from my bank account um, $20,000 approximately. Well, the insurance company paid back thirty. So I spoke to the fraud department. I said, uh, they only stole twenty. And she says, well, you just uh, work it out with your bank when they close all the accounts and everything, and then just let the, you just work it out with your bank, your, your agent there. And so I spoke to the agent there, and I said, uh, they overpaid me by $10,000. And she said, I don't see anything on my screen. So I, I, when I got the letters in the mail, it showed it down in black and white that they overpaid this one account by ten grand. So I took it into her, and I said, I have to report this because I don't want to go to jail by not reporting this. <laughs> and she says, well, we don't arrest people here in Canada. You just, have, you just have to pay it back. I know down in the States they'll arrest you for not reporting being overpaid by the bank. Um, 
And she phoned the fraud department and the insurance company, the, the insurance department. They said, just tell her that is hers to spend. <laughs> you know, there's so many things we can learn about that. And the first is this, is that God is not limited to your paycheck. God is not limited to the present sources of income that you have in your life. And uh, he, I mean, he's trying to open up in us the capacity to believe for possibilities because, uh, you know, the, 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 the possibilities for provision are innumerable. In fact, it, it might be time soon that we, we, we recover. Years ago, we used to do this thing before we gave our, our tithes, and we had this, this thing uh, up there, which was a declaration of all the possible ways that God could increase us. And what I liked about that particular list of things is it, is it created possibilities in your mind. You begin to realize, because whether we know it or not, we, when we, you keep getting your supply only from your income and your job or whatever, in your mind, your expectations begin to narrow. And so uh, the, what faith does, it creates possibilities. And so um, that's one of, the, one of the things that God does. The other one is this, is that when negative circumstances happen, expect a blessing. Don't expect, don't turn to that negative thing. Don't, oh no, me again, why me again? You know, everybody that I know who has actually had victory in this area began to realize that every trial was an opportunity for increase. Every seeming setback was a blessing. And so as soon as something bad happens, do what she did and begin to say, okay, God, how are you going to bless me through this? I want to thank you that, God, this is who you are. This is who I know you to be. And just that posture of expectation and faith. And, um, you know, I just want to encourage you that, that there's more. There's more, there's more, there's more. And we don't have to feel like we're being backed into a corner that even though God is at work doing things and there are trials and there are difficulties and there are challenges and there are persecutions maybe, that it's all designed from God's side to increase you, not limit you. And if we just simply respond in that right way, God will increase us. Amen? So, Father, we let's stand up together. Lord, as we begin to worship you today, we want to say that you are the God of all sufficiency. You are the Lord of possibilities. Lord, you speak and create things where there was nothing before, where there is no way, you create a way. And we just declare that over our lives today in every, every part of our lives, where there is no way, you create a way whether it has to do with circumstances around relationships or finances or limitations in our employment or circumstances with our, 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 the things that we own, cars or houses. Father, we declare that you create a way where there is no way. And Father, we pray right now for a renewal of expectation. A renewal of expectation. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we enter the realm of new possibilities today. 
that you are the God that speaks and breathes upon the land, and the land begins to flourish in hundreds of different ways all at once. And we say, Lord, you are the God who speaks over our lives. You're the one who declares life. And we worship you today as the all-sufficient one. Let's worship him. But, you know, there's uh, sometimes we can think of this in a sentimental way that, oh, yeah, you know, God's always going to be there after the destruction of my life. But what faith does is far greater than that. You know, there's scriptures in the Old Testament that says that he commands Israel, don't forget it's the Lord God who gives you power to create wealth. And the reason why the Western Hemisphere is so wealthy is not because we have technologies. It's not because we have education. It's not because we have resources. It's because there's faith. It's because there's faith in the Western Hemisphere. Faith open up, opens up a portal between the God who has continuous and endless resource. It says he opens his hand and satisfies the need of every living thing. And at the end of this particular verse, it says, lift up your eyes to him, you will arise again. And that echoes this passage, which really is the essence of faith. It says, while we do not... Actually, I'm going to back up to verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, but our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And as we sing this again, I want you to pull away from the sentimentality that there's coming a day that will be better, and rather focus your eyes on him who opens his hand and satisfies every need, every, need every, single, every single requirement of the whole world. He can simply breathe upon the globe and cause everything to begin to flourish. And it's faith, it's faith, it's faith that causes that bounty to open upon our lives. So in the name of Jesus, as we begin to sing this again, we say, Lord, let the saving power of God Almighty, let the eternal stream of endless supply begin to cascade down upon this land and upon our lives. You are the God of unlimited resource. You have everything that we need. And in our worship, we say, Lord, our eyes are lifted up to you. You will come and save. You are the Lord who delivers us. You are the Lord who saves us. You are the Lord who provides us. God, you look after all the concerns that are in our lives. You are the one who sees and hears. You are the one who hears prayer and answers. You are the Lord God Almighty who opens his hand and satisfies the needs of the whole earth. You are the Lord, and there is none like you. You have not slept. You are not asleep. You are not far off. You are near at hand. Your good kindness is directed at your people. Your favor, your grace aimed right at us, God. Your love, like a mighty river, gushing down into our lives, God. You have not forsaken or forgotten your people. Your mighty right hand reached out towards your children, God. And we bless you. We see that you're on the move. El Elyon, the Lord Almighty, still on the throne, still looking after things. 
You are the Lord of the whole earth. You see our lives, God. You see our needs. And you have a plan. You know what you're doing. It's coming to pass because you said it is. The will of the Lord is not stopped or halted by anyone. None can stand against the Lord. The kings of the earth raise their heads and the Lord laughs from heaven. Who can stand against him? Not one. Not one. And so we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Your provision is on its way. Deliverance is at hand. Healing is coming. Miracles are taking place because the Lord is in our midst. The good, gracious, kind King of the earth in our midst, loving us. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. So the other day we were told that uh, my son's, uh, one of his best friends growing up, uh, had been in a car accident, and he, uh, he was uh, in a coma, and his neck was broken and his back was broken. And uh, when Julie and I heard this, uh, and Joe's as my son heard this, and Amy and we, we all heard the news, that none of us were troubled. And instead, we just felt life. And we just felt that we were to agree for life for him. His name is Roger. And so we just agreed, and we were like, no, he's going to live. We're not troubled by this. God is in control. God is the Lord, and he is the Lord over all. And he has conquered sin and death. And so we began to agree. And, you know, yesterday they told us, that actually, that he's, uh, not only is he awake, but he was talking to his mother, and he was drinking. And they said that, that not only will he walk again, but actually the neck brace that he had on, he only has to have on for seven days. So hallelujah. Thank you, God. We have no need to be troubled, because you are our God. This is a time to shake yourself. I almost feel like there's a warfare going on where the tentacles of hopelessness, the expectation of evil, the belief that evil is triumphing, all of these things are like fibrous tumors trying to work their way into your consciousness. And there's a, there's a shaking, you know, when Samson sh- it says he shook himself and then he confronted the Philistines or whatever it is. And what we're doing is we're trying to shake loose the cobwebs of that unbelief, the cobwebs of that negative expectation. We say right now, Satan will be crushed under our feet. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Not the God of war, but the God of peace. Because the peace of God will overcome your mind and your emotions and your worries and your fears. We declare the ruling power of the God of peace. The God of peace. The God of peace. The God of peace. We say to every skirmish, every war, every storm, peace. 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 Now as we're singing that, I want you to think about unsaved people in your lives. I want you to, and use your mouth. 
What are, you, what are you wishing upon these people, upon the families, your neighbors, your co-workers? Oh. We prophesy salvation. Oh. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, as Christians, many of us are under the mistaken idea that we are more civilized than other nations. And when we see uh, riots and when we see murder and when we see genocide happening in other parts of the world, uh, at the back of our minds there's sometimes this sense of superiority. But I want you to know that the only reason why we have anything resembling peace is because the God of peace was manifested through a people who believe what we believe and are beginning to have begun to prophesy and to speak. Let me tell you, anything of heaven that comes to the earth, it's because a people speak it out in faith. And if there's ever been a period of peace like we've had, it's not because sensible people are at the reins of government. It's not because democracy is the best system in the world. It's because people of faith have brought a commodity from heaven to the earth that's called peace. Peace is a heavenly commodity that comes to the earth as people of faith begin to say and speak and declare on earth as it is in heaven. That's the only way these things come. It's not because we are superior. It's not because our economy is superior. It's not because our systems are superior. Even if they, are, they, they might be in some respects, the first order of business is that life. And we have to go back to this. We declare right now across this land, peace, peace, peace in the name of Jesus. Peace at my workplace. Peace in relationships I'm seeing. Peace. Let the peace of heaven. Let your kingdom come on earth just exactly as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We say, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Just let that peace soak into you. Let it find those little fires, secret pools of anxiety, fears. Let the waters of peace quench the flames of fear, just realize that there are angels in our midst. As it says in Hebrews 1, ministering to the heirs of salvation. Ministering, ministering. Bowls of ointment filled with healing ingredients, incense and honey-like substance. I see it being, dipping into those bowls and touching and dabbing on the wounds and 
hurts and those places of flame and anxiety, runaway thoughts, calming, running away thoughts. I say peace, peace to minds, not just in this room, but all around this community, peace, Mm. peace. The Bible says, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with my understanding. And I'm hearing sounds of angels singing in the spirit. Languages, many languages and languages of angels. Just open up your mouth and let the song of faith come forth. The Bible says, to him that believes out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. These waters that are meant to flow out of you are the answer to the needs of the earth. They are the streams that make glad the city of God. And their destination as they leave heaven is you. To flow through you. You are meant to be the first beneficiary of that river flowing through you. But it is distinctly a river. And though it results in preaching with words and text and messages, uh, with all of the implications and the worldviews and the philosophies and the theology of that thing, it is at its essence, it is a river of life. It is a commodity. It is a substance that is released into the realm of the earth through the believing. So we declare, Lord, we want to be the source of the rivers of heaven for our community. To begin with, Father, we want to be sources of the actual river, not just the outreach initiatives that form as a result of a river, but we begin with a river that flows through us. In the name of Jesus, release the river here. So God woke me up this morning, 3.33, and I spent a couple hours in prayer, and he took me to the river I stood beside the banks, and I saw how crystal clear it was. And I saw, and he, he'd ask me questions, what do you see? And I saw the river deep and running swift. And it wasn't like there's lots of rocks in the river and lots of foam, but it was this just a real strong current. And I was standing on the bank, and so he would take, what are you experiencing? And I, would, I could feel the moisture in the air and these sorts of things. And then he said, where do you want to be in the river? How do you want to experience it? And then I realized... You can float down the river. You can splash yourself. You can splash your friend. You can sit and enjoy the flowers at the bank. You can be at the bottom with a scuba tank on, hanging onto a rock and watching everything come down. And I felt this grace to say, what do you want from the river? Those of you that have experienced the river in part, whether you stood at the bank and you've just heard the sound and you felt some of the moisture in the air and you went, oh, that's so great. I wish there was more. The Lord says there is more for you. There is more for you. What do you want? Then go closer. 
we've got an opportunity here in how we respond. How close do you want to go? Because the river is in you. He said it. He wrote it. It's true. The river is present in you. How much do you want? And then ask the Lord, release the experience of the river. I want to know what it is to float on this river, God. I want to know what it is to splash myself and refresh myself, God. I want to know what it is to drink of this clear water. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Ask for rain in the time of rain. This is a now Kairos moment for asking for more of the Spirit of God, more of the river. So if we can even take just a couple more minutes yet, reach out to God now. Ask more now. And so, Father, we ask, let there be a release and an increase of experiences with the living God, encounters with the Holy One, that the river of God would go from a distant sound to near at hand, that the river of God would become springs and fountains within us. God, that we would know what it is to be over our head. God, that we would know what it is to be surrounded by the rushing current. Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name that these ones in this room would encounter the living God. God, release them to dare and to pray and to reach and to cry out. Bless these people, God. Take them beyond what they've asked for, Lord. In Jesus' name, let them go far, God. Let them see and hear and taste and know the living God, the river of God, rushing, flowing, turbulent, and smooth and calm in its season. Encounters and experiences, be released. Refreshing, be released. Thirst, be quenched. Dry skin even, be moisturized. Father, reveal yourself. Fill us with the knowledge and the awareness of God. The knowledge and the awareness and the understanding. I have tasted and seen. I have been to the river. Let that be our testimony, God. You say it can't be done. We've seen it been done. The world says it's dry and it's desert. And we say there is a river. The world says there's no more growth. We say get closer to the water. They say there's no provision. We draw a fish out of the river that's got money in its mouth. All things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to God. Let this take root in us, God. Raise our faith, God. Oh, weary heart, do not cry. I am your salvation. I am your salvation. City of Spruce Grove, Lord, God is your salvation. God is your salvation. Don't be weary. Draw close to him. He is yours. 
salvation is coming and it's coming soon. Everything comes down to God at work inside of you. And many of us, when we become Christians, something genuine happens, but we mistake what this is really about. And we come into church and we sort of watch what others are doing and then we sort of do what they're doing. But I just have this picture of, you know, uh, a fire hose, when you crank that water open, that fire hose just starts to move. And, you know, sometimes we think we're like, the fire hose, and we come in and we want to move like that fire hose is moving. We want to emulate, we want to copy. And that just takes a lot of strength. And eventually you tire of doing that. But if you've got water running through you with the intensity that that hose has water running through it, you do, you'll just do the same thing without effort. And that's the rest that God wants to bring us into. That's the authentic transformation that comes when his spirit is at work flowing through your life. And at the same time, there's a process where we discover the things that we're doing in our strength and the things that we're doing as a matter of him manifesting through us. And we gradually lay down some of those things that we thought, well, this is the way I do it. But many don't. Many become disillusioned and weary and increasingly disillusioned and increasingly weary because they don't know the difference between the river flowing through them and them doing what those who have the river flowing through them are doing. You can't sustain that. And when you collapse, when you collapse in weariness, the Lord is there to say, come to me, all you who are weary and heaven laden. And I will give you rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light because the way I've designed it is that I'm going to flow through you with living water. And that living water will generate the attitudes and the thought. And all you have to do is stay connected to the living water. That's your sole responsibility. And when you actually do that, all the rest will follow. So, Lord, we step back from our weariness. We step back from the striving, even the the striving of wanting to be noticed, the wanting to be important, the wanting to be what we saw that person was in that moment and that person was. And we take a step back from the resentment that others didn't notice how hard we were striving and didn't reward us for our striving and didn't acknowledge us. Lord, we step back from it all. We say, just let the river flow. Let the river flow. God, I need, I need the life of God just flowing in me. So, Lord, we rejoice in the river. What if there was grace enough? You know, Paul says, he said, I labored more than you all. So it's not a question of not laboring or laboring. No, we need to labor. It's a question of in what strength are we moving? And he said, I labored more than they all, yet not I, but the grace that was in me. Paul basically was saying, I am a manifestation of the life of God. 
And the energy you see and the diligence you see and the effectiveness you see is simply a manifestation of grace. But it's not all equally so when you look across the spectrum of the body of Christ. There's a lot of humanity and a lot of striving. But that's okay because the process is God bringing that line of division between what's him and what's, what's us. And so we don't have to look back at who we were yesterday or even who we are now with disgust or disdain or regret or condemnation. We just have to say, okay, God, I, I, I like your way better. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. I, I like that way. And there come moments in our lives, and you might be at that place today, where suddenly the weariness of all your striving hits you all at once. And it's, it's a sign that it's, it's time for a new chapter. And it isn't that that weariness wasn't growing all along. You just didn't notice it. And today is the day of reckoning and it's the day of transfer. It's the day when you graduate from that stuff. Not where you swear off doing anything. Oh, this, it's, all, it's all vain and it's all worthless. No, 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 no. No, just, just your labor was. And don't assume that everybody else was doing it the way you were. That's what happens. You know, I've seen this over and over and over again. People come to that day of reckoning in their life, and they decide that it wasn't just them, that everybody else was as phony as they were. And then they write off the church. Instead of it being a moment for graduation into a greater grace, it becomes a time when a root of bitterness manifests and disillusionment takes over. So, Father, we, we pray that the river of life would just increase in our lives. And we want to come into greater grace. And we want to be able to say with Paul, that, Lord, that we have done whatever we have done because of the grace that was in us. We were like that hose, just whipping here and whipping there. But we didn't even feel the weariness because there was this force moving in us that was beyond human strength. And so, Lord, make that what we are. Um, but the one thing that I am going to just, just mention that hit so hard was this. If you have anxiety, mental clouds, anxiety, torment even, the, the antidote to anxiety and torment isn't warfare. It's peace. So how do we access that peace against torment and against anxiety. And I thought it was so neat as the team began to sing out that his praise will continually be in our mouth, that we will bless the Lord. And he, he made it so clear to me, if you're suffering from anxiety, just start to call out the blessings to the Lord. Bless the Lord. Declare his goodness. Declare his character. Declare the things about him and peace will begin to overcome the torment. Peace will begin to overcome the anxiety as we, as we declare the goodness of God. It's the neatest thing. So it's not about flailing. It's not about warfare. It's not a, even, even when he talks about, you know, uh, after you've done everything in, in terms of spiritual warfare, we talk about the armor. And he says, take your stand. And after you've done everything, Stand doesn't say after you've done everything, just keep going and hacking and slashing. So I just thought that was so neat this morning, that, that peace is what overcomes anxiety.
But I want to encourage you as we dismiss today to, uh, to ask God, okay, about uh, what is your role in the body? What, what part are you playing besides coming on Sunday and receiving? What functionally are you providing? What grace in your life is, is flowing through you to bless somebody else? Because that's what it's about. When I think of Nikki and Jesse, I think of people who naturally stepped into just being a part that uh, the grace of God. So in the name of Jesus, I bless you. I say, uh, uh, let God's face shine upon you and give you peace. And as you go today, may your steps be ordered of the Lord. And... Be friendly, in Jesus' name, amen.